Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What did I just watch? Folks, I've been around the world to Scandinavia and back with my family to open summer break. I get back and we have a whole new intro with like Beavis and Butthead riffs and cool highlights and great guests. And that made me like tear up a little bit. We've come a long way. Man, we're back. I'm, I'm glad to be here. We got a lot going on for you guys. One, it's just good to see my buddy Sterling Holmes here. Sterling, how are you, man? I'm doing great, man. It's been way too long. New intro, no more mustache, new background. Uh, you missed a lot, my guy. I, I I I need to leave more often. I hate to see you go, but I love to watch me leave. I don't know how that works out here, but you know what I'm saying. Folks, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, surprisingly, with the Chiefs in the middle of June, we've got some Carlos Dunlap news going on. Uh, we got Chris Jones saying he's sick. Uh, we'll get to all the news in just a second. Then also, uh, you know, last year was an incredible year for the rookies. And really, uh, the rookies kind of carried the team to the Super Bowl alongside the stars. So it made sense for us to look at this year's rookie crop and maybe what we expect from them. So that's what's coming up on today's episode. Of course, we'll have a must list. Maybe I'll tell you about Scandinavia. Uh, maybe I changed my name to Stan Denavia. Maybe I met a guy named Stan. Anyway, uh, but before we do anything, let's get into the news. And uh, also, whoa, 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 pump the brakes. Before we get to the news, we have news for all of you listeners. If you go to Caesars Sportsbook, use code ARROWFULL. Get your first bet on Caesars up to 1250 bucks on any sport. Again, Caesars Sportsbook, code ARROWFULL. First bet on Caesars up to 1250 bucks on any sport. This offer is only available for new customers who are 21 plus and physically present legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. And if you already have a Caesars account, you can head to arrowheadaddict.com slash bets to find more betting offers and ways to support the podcast. Folks, uh, well, that was good, by the way. You do that so well. You just have a nice panache. By the way, I missed the mustache. Speaking of ash and things, what made that just decide to clean today? There's actually I I I've done some work today, and I was like, this stash is driving me insane. It's too hot. It's too thick. It, my mustache was thick with about three C's, and it was just too much. So I shaved that bad boy off. My golf trip's over. It had to go. It was time. I get it. I get it. That's that's how the Chiefs have felt about some particular players this spring and summer. The question is, are they going to feel that way about every veteran pass rusher? First up on our news list, folks, uh, uh, with Jeff Fedotin, Fedotin, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, reporter for Forbes magazine, got to sit down with former Chiefs defensive end Carlos Dunlap, uh, who actually came out in the piece with some word that maybe things weren't all the way done. Uh, And I just want to read the quote here. Carlos Dunlap says this. He says, I can help another team get one of their own. He means a championship or help the Chiefs again. The Chiefs haven't ruled that out. Okay, so clearly right there, he's saying that his agents are telling him it's, it's not a closed door on the team side. But then he said, but currently it's a waiting game. 
Then later on in the piece, he says, the Chiefs obviously have a special spot for me because they were the first team to help me win a playoff game and to win a Super Bowl. So that would be a great opportunity. Now, before we get into Dunlap in particular, uh, Sterling, I'd love to ask you just for me, the defensive end position, is that a really interesting, like there's a lot of young talent there. Like the Chiefs put uh, two draft picks in the top five rounds. They, of course, grabbed FAU in the first round. They grabbed B.J. Thompson out of Stephen F. Austin in the fifth round, which adds they still have Josh Kando and Malik Herring around. They allowed Frank Clark to hit free agency, and then and then he goes to the Broncos. My question to you is, do you think that one more is makes it too crowded? Like, I guess before we talk about Dunlap as a guy, is it worth even adding a guy at this point, or do you let the kids play it out? I'm I'm fine either way, which I know is not a, a hot take at all. It's kind of boring. The, the reason why I like Carlos Dunlap is because the beginning of the season is where we will see him have the biggest impact. Uh, FAU, I've been saying time and time again, it takes rookie edge rushers about half the year to really start getting a feel for it. Uh, you know, I actually had a chance to sit down with Carl Loftus and, and, and he kind of said, yeah, it's just a it's a growing period. Right. It takes a long time. Uh, FAU, I expect the same thing to happen. You saw it with top prospects like Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau, and George Karloftis last year. I would expect the same thing with FAU. Half the year, you're kind of getting your footing. Second half of the season, you really start popping off. Uh, Charles Aminahu, what's going to happen? Is he going to get suspended? If so, is the beginning of the year? How long is it going to be? So I'm not worried long-term about the Chiefs' edge rusher situation. But the beginning of the season, I have a little bit of, of, of concern because you're probably looking at Mike Dana and Carl Loftus as the starters, but you don't have a whole bunch of depth that you trust, at least early on, if, again, all dependent on Charles and what happens uh, what happens there. So I do like Carlos Dunlap for that reason. Dunlap's also a guy you don't have to give a ton of snaps uh, to. Looking at his snap count last year, he was anywhere from 17 in week two to playing 54 snaps in week 16 against Seattle. You know, he kind of hovered anywhere around the 20s and 30s most of the season. He was relatively productive the whole year. He wasn't exquisite right he wasn't just a phenomenal player but he was good his pff ranking was 66.4 overall and actually he was better in the run defense part of the game uh clocking in at 71.5 i do think carlos dunlap still brings something to the table and again you don't need him to be a a starter and quite frankly at this point in his career i think he understands that as well yeah i i, I don't doubt that no one here's talking starter reps no one here's talking you know, the future of the franchise. I think we get that it's rotational. I like what you're talking about in terms of run defense too. Dunlap's not a guy who's going to embarrass you at any level. He's got a high floor. You know, he's going to perform adequately. The The bottom's not going to fall out there unless like father time has something to say about it in which he really shouldn't be playing anyway. And, and he'll probably like, if he has a game like that, he's going to get a quick release and the door will be closed there probably for good. But, you know, my question is, like, you know, you said that Karloftis says, hey, it's got to, you know, it takes a long time to learn. But Karloftis was also able to learn because he had snaps from week one, like starting snaps from week one. And I like Ominahue and I like Dana as the two guys behind the two rooks. And I'm left going, I don't know that you need a fifth. I, I don't. I'm not against a fifth. I just, you know, I'm okay with that being B.J. Thompson. And him learning, too, in more limited reps, knowing 
he's the longer term project. But to me, I'm looking at 2024 going, I think DK Uzoma and Karloftis deserve every chance of becoming the two cornerstones there for the next few years. And you got to give a guy time in the trenches to get comfortable in the trenches. Uh, Dunlap sounds amenable to it. He's open. He sounds like the Chiefs are also open. It'll be interesting to see, you know, like the Chiefs could regret waiting or they could regret signing. It's an interesting quandary to me. The the position's at that tipping point, and not all positions are that sort of confusing. It, it'll probably be a while before he signs either way. He doesn't want to go through the, through the BS, the long days. He doesn't want to go to St. Joe's and the heat and do all that stuff. He knows who he is at this point. He will keep himself in good shape. I'm not worried about that. So if you're waiting for Carlos Dunlap to sign, to sign anytime soon, uh, I would say don't hold your breath. Uh, I will also point out, uh, is that Carlos Dunlap signing right now as I'm saying that? Because that would be just picture perfect. So <laughs> is how it works. You're always like, he's not going to sign forever. Okay, breaking news as we get off the show. He just <laughs> I'll, I'll say this, a, a, a side note on Dunlap. I always liked Dunlap as part of those Bengals teams that never could go anywhere because he was just such a, a steady, professional, productive player. And he's been in the league 13 years and won his first playoff game last year, right? Like just a long stretch of misery. And then he's finally able to earn that. I I don't know. I, I almost wish for his sake that like on that personal note, I guess I wouldn't mind seeing him back on board just to like loaded up in the last half of in the last part of his career after such a long time of really not seeing any of that postseason glory. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Couple cool questions I want to get to in the chat. James Jones says, Hey, I had a question. I'm a Washington fan. Do you guys like Eric Bienemy? Yeah, Eric Bienemy was uh, a part of a couple of Super Bowls. You can't you can't be upset by the results. Eric Bienemy, I think what he's already done in Washington. I like how he's not taking any any bleep. If you're not going full, full effort at all times, sit your ass down. I like that. I think Eric Bienemy and Washington. Uh, they're going to have a nice little marriage up there. Uh, I will also say Chiefs Kingdom 710 asks, Matt, what do you think about Frank going to Denver? We need the answers. I talked about it the past uh, previous week. I'll let you hit on this really quickly. What do you think of uh, Frank Clark going to Denver? Uh, you know, I mean, it hurts my I mean, it hurts my heart. Look, I love Frank. I love the Shark. I think I think he would have been worth bringing back. To me, he's the guy worth bringing back. Like, forget all the candidates. It's when you're talking about Frank, it wasn't about oh, do we bring back a guy or not? It's like, do you bring Frank back or not? And the answer is yes, yes, and yes again. Because that's the case, I got to look at Denver and go, hey, great signing, great signing to add a guy 
who is known for helping to put a team over the top in the biggest moments. If Denver can somehow play it closer this year, not just with the Chiefs, but with a lot of opponents, if Sean Payton can make a difference uh, in that way, you know, it takes a few small things and then suddenly you're winning in the league. And, uh, you know, Denver's been miserable. And I'll say this too. I'll say two things here. One, I never fault a player for finding a place to play. I just can't. The Chiefs clearly were out or didn't have enough money or didn't offer enough money or whatever it was. I can't fault a player for finding a place to play, period. But two, the AFC West, and I think this is the more important one. The AFC West is boring as hell. Boring as hell. Look, we're making a mountain out of molehills with the Bengals these days because there's no good rivalry. There's there's none. So we're searching elsewhere for someone to rise up and, hey, can you talk trash? Because we're bored. Can you talk trash? Because we're bored. Can someone entertain us bread and circus, please, Roman Empire style, so that so that we can like actually be entertained in the offseason between dynasty like results. So if someone in the AFC West could go, yo, I'll make things interesting. I- I'm all in. I'm all in on, on the Broncos playing it close. I'm in on the Raiders trying to get tough. I'm all in on the uh, on the Chargers following through on preseason predictions. I mean, not because I want to see the Chiefs lose, but because I, I love the days when AFC West games were nail biters, and we just haven't had a good rivalry uh, at all in the division. So if Frank Clark helps Denver that way, I mean, it's a smart signing for them. I love Frank. I'm, I'm glad to see him extend his career. I don't want to see Denver win, but I'd love to see Denver more interesting. Yeah. Uh, all right. Was Chris Jones listening to Disturbed? Because apparently he was down with a sickness, and that's why he wasn't at the Super Bowl ring ceremony. Does that ease your mind just a little bit, knowing that that's why Chris Jones missed, and it wasn't because of a contract situation again? I think a deal gets done. I'm not worried, but does this at least alleviate a little bit? That 1% of you that's like, okay, now we have a reason. There's There wasn't a 1% of me that was even – remotely were I could care less if Clark Hunt was at the ceremony to open the Super Bowl rings. Yeah. Were, were you, were, were you worried? Were you taking attendance? No, I was not, but I was a little bit just perplexed because that seemed like it was right down his alley. Chris Jones ring ceremony, a party that feels like that's Chris Jones. Uh, I didn't think there was anything nefarious going on. I, di- I didn't think there was any like, Oh, I'm holding out. So I'm not going to show up to this. This was probably my best guess. And he was sick. So yeah, we, we know now. And again, there wasn't even 1%, but it's nice at least seeing the reason why he was not there. So Chris Jones was sick. The only the only downside to that was that probably we missed a very entertaining Twitter post if Chris Jones had been there. Like it would have been like he would have had some sort of fun post for us on Instagram or some movie or some jokes or something. That's all we missed out on. I'm not worried about it. Chris Jones is going to be a chief for life. Uh, Like there's no way around it. Yeah. I I'm 100% with you. Uh, By the way, I noticed uh, our AA swag shop where you can pick up cool paraphernalia that has to do with arrowhead addict. Uh, Maybe we got a mug in there. Maybe we got a shirt in there, a sweatshirt or hoodie in there. Our swag shop is live and you can get 20% off your order. I'm just bringing this up because the code this week is Matt Week. That's uh, that's all caps, Matt Week. Uh, we should also give you a bonus if you spell it W-E-A-K because all of my jokes are also weak that way. But that's all right. 
Uh, use Matt Week. It expires this Sunday. Get 20% off. Uh, yeah. Get a little bit of AA gear, right? Yeah, you have to. You got to. You have to. Have to. Come on. We already, we've had people get mugs. We've got coffee mugs. we got pint glasses. Any type of liquid you want to drink, All we have a canister for you. All right. Let me ask you this. Pete Prisco, CBS Sports, longtime CBS Sports writer, came out today with his top 100 players for the 2023 NFL season. The Chiefs landed five on the list. One, I wanted to see if you could guess which five and in which order. Mm-hmm. And two, I wanted to see if you thought a sixth deserved to be on the list. Let's start with your five. Can you name the five? Have you already looked? Have you I've cheated? not looked yet. I've not looked yet. So okay. I'm going to go Mahomes one. That seems like a fair bet, Okay. So Mahomes will only write it down just to make sure. Yeah. Mahomes. You got to write that down so because f- five is one. a little complex to get to. Well, uh, no, I'm, I'm going to guess the spot too, you ass. Give me time. <laughs> so I know Chris Jones will be on the list, and I know Travis Kelsey will be on the list. Okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say I bet Creed Humphrey is on the list. Okay. And I will say – Oh, so it's going to come down to Joe Tooney and Legereus Sneed. Um, I think the NFL will probably go with Joe Tooney. I feel like we love Legereus Sneed and we understand the value he brings, but I don't know if the national media is quite there with Legereus yet. So I'm going to guess my five that the – was it who, who you said Pete Schrager? Pete Prisco. Pete Prisco. I'm going to guess Mahomes, Chris Jones, Travis, Creed, and Joe. Okay. I'm going to guess in the order of Mahomes – Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, third, Creed, fourth, Joe, fifth. You would be absolutely correct. Dude, give this man give this man another drum head to put in his background. Need one right there, baby. Give this man a mustache to, to I don't know, you look great without it, too. I, I don't, we don't need to give him anything. Anyway, uh, let me ask you this, though. You know, some people out there were like, oh, the Chiefs got robbed only having five of the top 100, even though there's 32 teams in the league. Uh, do you think there should be a sixth there? Yeah, I, I have to go through the list. Uh, I would say Legereus Sneed is probably on the cusp. Again, we in Kansas City, we understand Legereus Sneed and the value he brings. He's not a traditional lockdown corner, right? So it's, it's, it's not Jalen Ramsey. It's not Darius Slay. He's not your traditional outside corner. And I think that's a knock and used against him. But I always like to think he's more valuable than like a Tyron Matthew. I don't think safety is – this is my opinion. I don't think a great safety is as valuable as a great corner. Cornerbacks, to me, wow. I, th- I think they're worth more. I think – you don't see safeties transitioning to cornerback. You see cornerbacks transitioning to safety. That, 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 that's my thought process behind it. Um, I'm not saying that Legereus is better than Tyron Matthew in his prime. That's, that's not what I'm trying to get into. I'm just saying in general, I think Legereus needs more love from the national media. That's all I'm saying. He's a great tackler. He does everything well. Again, I just think the knock against him and why he's not as well-known is he's not playing on the outside predominantly. Uh, even Shavarius Ward, whatever your thoughts are, I love Shavarius Ward. I think the reason why he started to get more love was because he was playing on the outside. You saw him consistently going, to, going up against other teams' wide receiver one. You very rarely saw it with Legereus Sneed. You saw it against, was it DK Metcalf? He did that again uh, against Legereus Sneed where he traveled with him. Sure. I believe it was that game, but you don't see that very often. Uh, I would have Legereus probably in the top 100, but it'd probably be in the very back end. But I'd have to take a little little look at 90 through 100. And you would keep Tooney on your list? I would keep Tooney on my list. Um, he'd be, again, probably in the 80s, if I had to imagine. If I was doing this list, I'd probably have Mahomes one, Travis Kelsey, I'd probably put 
round five or six. Okay. Uh, Chris Jones, I'd probably just, just this is me spitballing here. Chris Jones, I'd probably put around 15 to 20. Um, Creed Humphrey, I'd probably put around 40. Tooney around 80-ish. And then Snead around the the 90s. Okay. Well, it's a pretty generous list. I mean, it's a good list, but yeah, that's uh, the Chiefs are loaded. I guess that's why you win the Super Bowl. It'll be interesting to me just to talk other names real fast. You have Nick Bolton, who I think is in orbit around the outside of the list. I think Trent McDuffie with a full season could be mentioned. Mm-hmm. Tommy Townsend, despite being a punter, yeah, if he's an all-pro there. Let me guess, only one special teamer? Was it just Justin Tucker? I don't know. I didn't know. Okay. Maybe Pacheco. I'm not going there. All right. <laughs> Sorry, man. Uh, especially we're talking positional value. I, I don't I don't know how um, uh, how they broke it down, but obviously I think the QBs are top three. Uh, also, Richard, shout out to you. Uh, we're embracing Matt Connor's horrendous joke. So apparently if you use the code MATTWEAK, M-A-T-T-W-E-A-K, that gives you 21% off. So if you want that other extra 1% in a slam on Matt Connor, there you go. Take the opportunity when you can. <clears throat> Are you okay? What, what is going Man, on I'm with like, you? Uh, <clears throat> I'm like Cough City over here. I don't know. Did, did you bring something back from Scandinavia? Uh, what were you doing, man? I was like, uh, I don't know. I, maybe I caught Bjorkgård or uh, or maybe a Nord Jorgen or a Bort, Bort, Bort. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. That was... No one cares. Anyway, here we go. Let's dive into this. Uh, Chiefs rookies were out of control last year, right? I mean, I can't remember a year where like Jalen Watson was a seventh round pick and won multiple games himself, right? Like Joshua Williams stepping up, Isaiah Pacheco stepping up, Trey McDuffie looking like a first round pick, Carl Loftus looking like a first round pick. Um, The promise of Sky Moore coming into this year is going to be, I mean, that class is going to be such a memorable class in Chiefs history already. And they're only like one year of, of experience together. So that said, it made sense to look at this year's draft class and go, can they have remotely some level of the same impact? And so I'd love to bounce this back and forth. There's only seven members of this draft class. And, you know, we'll bring up each player just for the sake of review. Um, but I want to just ask you, as we're heading into a new season, what's your prediction? For the actual impact, not not a best case scenario, not a, oh, here's what I think he's going to turn into long term, but year one, realistic impact based on the makeup of the current roster. That's how we're playing this, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, or those are my parameters of the rules I just made up. So let me ask you this. When it comes to FAU uh, and the Chiefs' newest first round pick, what are you expecting to see from him in year one? Rotational piece, I will set the over-under at probably around four and a half sacks. Uh, I'm trying to be realistic here, guys. I'm not going to sit here and say uh, 13 sacks. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like K-State, and I like all their fans as much as everyone else. I like FAU, and I think he's going to be great. But let's be real now. He won't have the same opportunity that George Karloftis had. He's not going to start week one. It's probably going to be if Charles is out, and then it's going to be Karloftis and Dana uh, I do think when Charles comes back, he will be the other starter on the outside. Although maybe they decide to use Charles on the inside at times, paired with Chris Jones. It's going to be a rotational move going on with Carl Office and Chris Jones. I'd have to imagine being the two stalwarts, pretty much the majority of those snaps. Um, he's probably the fourth guy. I think he's going to be behind George, Charles, yeah. Dana, and then him. 
So yeah. uh, I like FAU, but again, I don't know if the opportunity is there. Will not be the same opportunity that Karloftis got last year. Not a bad thing. Um, Karloftis had to be ready week one. Uh, it's if you want to take a pause about this, he does not have to be ready week yeah. one. He does not have to be a starter. Uh, that's a great place for the Chiefs to be in. Um, I think he's a little bit more. I think he is NFL ready. But I don't know if he, he was as NFL ready as Carl Loftus was. Carl Loftus had that body, right? Carl Loftus was already a big boy. Um, I'm excited for him. I'm going to over under four and a half sacks for FAU. Okay. <clears throat> I'm taking the under on that one. I'm taking the under by quite a bit on that one. And I think that's because of this. It's not because of FAU's talent. Uh, you know, all like all, everything we said earlier, I think he's going to be fine as a pro. But here's what I think. I also think um, – you know, we saw last year with Karloftis, the first half of the year was pretty miserable in terms of, like, the stats you want to see in the box score. And if, as you're right, and I, I agree with you, if 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 NUDK Uzoma is not getting uh, starters reps where he can, like, get better as the season goes on and add the actual stats, then he's probably looking at the first half like Karloftis was as his full season. So I, I think we're going to see probably two sacks, uh, one and a half sacks from him. And I don't think anyone's going to like, no one should slam that. I think everyone's going to look and go, oh, Mike Dana was in a contract year wanting to get paid. And Charles O'Minihue was like getting starting reps for the first time outside of San Francisco. And Carl Loftus was growing into who he was going to become. So I just don't think there's going to be – um, I think he'll get plenty of opportunity, but I think it'll be, you know, major learning curve uh, there. I love his comment from Trevor. Uh, Sterling would light up a wine black and mild if FAU gets 10 sacks. Dude, <laughs> dude, if he gets five sacks, how about every sack I'll light up a, a good old uh, black and mild wine tip? That's good. That's good. I – um. Yeah, I'm, I agree with Josh Zilstra says my DE rotation is George, Charles, Dana, and then a vet, and then FAU. Boy, that's a that's a low place to put your first-round pick. Uh, I mean, if Josh is right, we're talking a very, very crowded and talented room. No one would be – no one should be upset about that. But, uh, but yeah, angry, drunken German says FAU will be a better pass rusher um, I hope it's just not – I hope it's not just on nickel. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what kind of downs these guys are getting. And, again, the Aminahue suspension is going to change things up. Um, uh, by the way, uh, I just got to say, like, we're looking at the – we're looking at some of the comments and engaging there. Uh, we'll get to the rest of the rookies here in a second. But uh, as my first time back in four weeks, it's good to see you all. Um, so it's nice to even, like – See you in the comments again. See your jokes. Uh, I did it. Someone said I probably got a case of the red light district Rona. Uh, and I just can't comment on that. I uh, I have family who listen to this. So uh, just know, just know some things, folks. Ludicrous was singing. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Uh, let's move on. Uh, second round pick. Wide receiver, SMU, Rasheed Rice. What do you uh, like? What do you think? This is maybe the most perplexing of all to try to predict. Yeah. Oh, man. 
I like Rasheed Rice, but I don't think he's going to have a ton of opportunity as well. I think the pecking order is going to be Kadarius Tony when healthy. I think Sky Moore leads this wide receiver room in receptions. I've been on record saying that for the past few weeks. I'll say it now. I still think Sky Moore takes the biggest leap forward. You're going to see Sky Moore used in that Judas Smith-Schuster role. His hands are just so good. He's so good at getting open. He's not the most athletic guy, but it doesn't matter. I keep comparing him to Deontay Johnson from the Steelers. Man, I think Sky Moore, I'm not saying he's going for a K or anything like that, but Sky Moore, 800 yards. Uh, leading this wide receiver room in receptions. I'm all in there. Uh, MVS is still going to have a fairly sizable role. I think Richie James is going to get a lot of gadget plays. Now you're down to Rasheed Rice. Now you're down to him. How much is left over for that? I don't know how much is left over for that. Again, rookies in this system. Again, it feels like everyone's forgetting about Sky Moore because he didn't show out as a rookie. Yeah. I keep going back to PFF. His PFF numbers, the analytics, if you will, we're actually higher than George Pickens. George Pickens just got the opportunity. Give Sky Moore the opportunity to probably see him put up 800-plus yards, which is, again, what I think we'll see this year. Rasheed Rice is probably my wide receiver five, all things being equal. Um, I'd probably set the over-under at, what, 375 yards maybe. What did, what did Sky Moore go for last year? He went for, like, 250 yeah, he went for 250. I'd probably say 375. No Juju Smith Schuster being here, even though I, I think Sky Moore turns into a player like him. I don't know how much I'm going to, I probably can't count on Kadarius Tony playing all 17 games. That seems like we've not seen it before. So until he shows me, maybe I have him around 14 games, 13 games. Um, I'll say over under around 375 for Rasheed Rice. Okay. Boy, I, I get all that. I hear all that. I think a little bit higher on that. I think, I think Rice is going to get about 550 yards. I think you're going to see catches between 38 to 42. I think the void left for a physical receiver like Juju Smith-Schuster. There were there were times in the postseason, especially where when Travis Kelsey somehow wasn't available or some like when they had to go to someone else and Juju came up big, a couple like like some with some really big plays at some really key times. Um, I just think, yeah, there's got to be those contested catch go-to sort of guy and i think rice can be that guy at the pro level pretty quickly um so i think it'll be interesting i uh, there's a lot of guys there i believe in tony too i'm like you i'm not out on sky more mvs is still around it's kind of crowded man Mm. it's crowded without an obvious top but that floor is so juicy I think a lot of people are really missing out on the on the potential of this Chiefs wide receiver room. There are a lot of potential playmakers here, even if the level of proven production is maybe not what has people talking. Uh, Mahomes throwing to these guys is going to have everyone talking about them. Yeah. It's just a matter of like you just got to get to week one. I, I see Raymond in the chat says. Um... Richie's going to be a third down go-to. I'm with you, man. You, you know my thoughts on Richie James. If you listen to this podcast, you know my thoughts on Richie James. Uh, again, had a chance to talk with him. He loves how difficult OTAs and minicamp and stuff was. And he was even saying, I see now why the Chiefs are winning. You can see it. It's, it's the mindset. It's the makeup. Man, I, I, I am just thrilled for Richie James. Love it. Do you see him becoming – like now that the roster is kind of settled, is he the primary returner? 
Uh, I don't know, man. I, I think you're going to see uh, generic Prince as the kick returner. Punt returner, I don't know. Um, if I had to put money on it right now, I would say Richie James would be the leader in the clubhouse for me. But that still remains to be seen. The thing is, we got to five wide receivers deep just right there. And we haven't even talked about Justin Watson, um, Justin Ross, Amir Smith-Marset, John Ross. There is a lot of depth on this wide receiver room. Again, as you mentioned, no, no Tyree kill, no wide receiver one, but a plethora of wide receiver um, twos, threes, and fours. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be – the wide receiver competition is, is just going to be incredible. Um, let me let me lead out with this one, or let me ask you this one. Wanye Morris, offensive tackle, Oklahoma, was the Chiefs' third-round pick. They moved up to get him, just like they did Rice in the second round. There were lots of trade-ups here in the middle in the middle rounds, two, three, and four. Um, when they moved up to get Morris, what are they getting in year one? I, I, before Donovan Smith came here, I, I thought the plan was Juwan Taylor at left tackle, Wanye Morris at right. You know, we had Tim Grunard on this show. I think you did that show with me, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And, and remember, he said he talked to his Jacksonville Jag sources. They said they know they don't see Juwan Taylor as a left tackle. They kept saying, "Hey, he's going to be a damn good right tackle." We don't see him as a left tackle. That gave me a little cause to pause. Uh, they went out and got a right tackle in the draft. I go, okay, but Diamond Smith is here. I don't know the game plan. Uh, I don't know if it's a great thing if Wanye Morris is the starter at, at some point. I don't know if it's a bad thing. If that means Donovan Smith was just that washed up and last year wasn't the aberration, last year was what he is now. I like Wanye Morris. You and I talked about it. That I think after the draft happened, I said that was my favorite pick was was Wanye Morris. He was a left tackle as a rookie at Tennessee, a five-star recruit coming out of high school, and he was all-freshman SEC as a left tackle. That's great. Then he went to Oklahoma, moved to right tackle. Then he, um, head coach, went to USC, new head coach. So he had three different systems in a, a few short years. Yeah. I know he's not a quarterback, but that's still very difficult for an offensive lineman. That's a lot to get used to also moving from left to right. The pedigree's there. The talent and upside we saw at some point showcase through. I like Wanya Morris a lot. I just don't think we'll see much of him this year outside of being a swing tackle. I love the depth, though, of this offensive tackle group. That's what it comes down to. Are they better overall? You know, no Orlando Brown Jr. going back to Donovan Smith. I, I, we hope he is. We hope he is. But I think you're lying to, your, to yourself if you say, yes, it's a clear upgrade of Smith over OBJ. I, I, don't, I don't think that's the case. It's not clear. It could be, but it's not guaranteed. I yeah. think there's more risk there. But I like the depth way better this year than last year. Yeah. Look, Morris is already getting some reps with the ones, mm-hmm. um, swapping in and out on both sides. Um, I like it. And if I was going to pick an upset here at all, it's this one. It wouldn't surprise me at all if Wanya Morris is your starting left tackle for the Super Bowl defending Chiefs in week one. And it definitely wouldn't surprise me. In fact, I'll just say I would predict that coming out of the bye week, Wanya Morris is your left tackle unless Don unless Donovan Smith is putting up a hell of a rebound year. Like if he's pulling a Juju Smith Schuster, like I'm going yeah. to the Chiefs on a one year deal to prove I can still do it and then cash back in. 
if Donovan Smith can do that, kudos to him because that means we're getting good left tackle play. Yeah. But um, I, you know, I, I think Morris is going to look more ready than we think. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs, the Chiefs have rolled with young linemen. They teach players to get ready very well. Andy Heck is a hell of a coach. Um, they've gone young before and they could do it again. Um, so yeah, it, yeah. I, I think eight starts this year for Wanya Morris at left tackle would be my guess. Wow, man, you, you are very bullish there. And I don't know if that means you're very bullish on Wanya Morris or if that means you're very, uh, non, is it bearish? Are they awesome? The, the, the down one, you know, in the stock market, <laughs> um, you're very not thrilled with, with Donovan Smith. I, you know, it's not it's not meant to be a knock against Donovan Smith, but I just think, hey, if he's reached his ceiling, hey, if he's got some injury concerns now, um, if he's not looking as great, and Morris can, you you, you take the guy who can grow into that ceiling, knowing you're probably still going to beat opponents while he's growing. Uh, I, yeah, I think you just take that if you're Andy Reid and the. I think this team trusts its coaches to teach the players to be the guys they want them to be long term, and so they know you got to take the the knocks with it. Um, Sean oh, must know how high is Scandinavia. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, it is. Maybe it's great. Fourth um, round. Uh, fourth round. Chamari Connor, defensive back, Virginia Tech. The third of three consecutive trade-ups. I mean, they moved up to get Connor, and it was actually a pretty pretty pricey trade-up for the round. It was a future fifth-round pick in 2024 for only 15 spots. Uh, what do you think of, of uh, the latest? Is he Legereus Need 2.0? The versatility is there, and you saw, I think, at Virginia Tech one year, he had five and a half sacks, but – the difference between Legarius and Chamari is Legarius ran a four three. Chamari ran a four five. That's a big difference. Big difference. Um, again, you know, I just I know this one because I always look up Sky Moore. Deontay Johnson ran a four five, I believe, as well. And I think a lot of players in the NFL would consider him a very fast player. He's shifty. He's quick. He gets open. Chamari Connor, maybe he he's faster on uh, in actual game action than he is just running a forty again forty times. Always take him with a grain of salt. Uh, you know, Darius Hayward Bay was very, very fast, but that was all he was. John Ross, for example, he's not done anything in the NFL, drafted one pick before Mahomes, and he was known as being what he ran like a 429 or 422 or something crazy like that. Crazy. It doesn't always matter, it doesn't always translate. So I like Shamar Connor, but I think this year is probably just going to be special teams. This secondary is so incredibly deep. I also think Chamari is going to be a safety in the NFL. The speed doesn't lend me to believe he's going to be a corner. Uh, it was kind of the opposite with Legereus. He was quick enough to move from safety to, to corner and stay there. I don't think Chamari will. Uh, you also have Mike Edwards. You have Brian Cook, who I think takes a massive step forward. You have Justin Reed. Uh, you have Dion Bush, I believe they brought back as well. So Chamari is probably C- uh, safety five, if you will. You're looking at a special teamer. Uh, a good special teamer, and, and hopefully you, you look at a guy who makes it so you don't have to have a Mike Edwards, so you don't have to have a Deion Bush. So he's the um, the third safety on a rookie contract. That, I think, is the Chiefs' goal, a versatile guy. You'll see it in the future, but probably not this year. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. It's special teams, nothing more. Maybe some late – maybe some very late season starts due to some injury concerns. 
uh, or something. But yeah, I, I think we'll see the best from him later. And I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by him for sure. But uh, expecting anything in 2023 is, is kind of a, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Mm. Um, fifth round, BJ Thompson, edge rusher out of Stephen F. Austin uh, University. What do you, uh, this is the developmental prospect, but are we getting anything in 2023? I know of Stephen F. Austin because of what Thomas Walkup in uh, what year was that? 2014, 15 March Madness when Stephen F. Austin won, was it one game, two games? And then they got boned against like Notre Dame. It was the big market, March Madness, the big media wanting them to win. It was bull. Okay. BS. Stephen F. Austin should have won that game and moved on, but they didn't. And that's why I know what Stephen F. Austin, also Hunter Dozier, if you are a Royals fan, uh, you know Hunter F. Dozier. He was DFA'd, not SFA'd, because uh, he was designated <laughs> for assignment. But again, I know Stephen F. Austin because of that. I didn't know they had a football team. There, I said it. I did not know Stephen F. Austin had a football team. I see Clinton say and BJ is a former Baylor Bear. Yes, he played for Baylor at one point as well. That was when disaster was going on at Baylor. Then he went to Stephen F. Austin. I'm kind of with Joshua. BJ is also a candidate for a training camp injury. That's a stash, baby. That feels pretty likely. We've talked so much about the edge rushers, the defensive line already. I don't see how much room there is for him. I'm probably more of a fan of him than uh, Joshua Kando. Uh, probably more of a fan of him than Malik Herring. But I think we're all somewhat pretending if we have a great idea of what B.J. Thompson is going to be this year. He, he seems like a very raw player. It's going to take time. He weighs, what, 235? Yeah. I mean, he, he, he's, he's very, very light. But again, that also means you probably bring something a little different to the table. There's your bend. There's your speed. Yeah, it's not going to be a power guy, but I like the thought process of let's bring something different to this defensive line. But I don't think we see anything outside of special teams or, again, maybe a training camp injury this year. Let me ask you this. Do you think he's a practice squad stash or is that too risky to make with a fifth round pick? Well, that's why I had the – if you're listening to this and not watching, you know, I say practice squad injury. I'm doing the the, uh, the finger quotes where, yeah. oh, yeah, he's injured, where you can keep him and stash him without a team picking him up. Um, it might be risky to put him on the practice squad, but it wouldn't be unheard of, uh, especially with the fifth rounder. The Chiefs did it with Cornell Powell, if I'm not mistaken. He was a fifth rounder and placed on the practice squad, and he was not uh, not – picked up bj thompson so raw uh, not many teams could keep him on their active roster to begin with right because the chiefs are in a good position they're super bowl champions um they can afford to have some developmental guys in the practice squad and maybe even the back end of their active roster uh i, I think probably again injury or practice squad is most likely yeah I'm with you. We're going to get to the sixth and the seventh round here, but uh, just want to remind everyone, if you're listening or wherever you're at, uh, however you're taking in the Arrowhead Attic podcast, boy, we love any sort of reviews you can give us. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, if you can subscribe uh, with the button at the top, give us a thumbs up. Uh, these little things go a long way toward um, helping us you know, be able to get the word out, do what we do. Um, and of course we do what we do because it's fun to do it with you all. So, uh, we just appreciate the ways that you all support and those are further ways to support. Uh, and yeah, just wanted to get that out there. Number six, Sterling, 
Keontae Coburn, Texas defensive tackle. We've talked a lot about the edge, but the interior is kind of a whole different animal. What do you make of this pick and what he adds in the sixth? He might get the most snaps this year from any rookie. (laughs) No, but seriously, and that might be a good thing. Again, it shows how deep the Chiefs are overall as a team. Again, the reason why I've been so, again, bearish on the, the rookies, I'm excited to buy them. But not this year because the Chiefs are so deep. That's a good thing. Yeah. They can sit and learn and grow. I'm I, I'm happy about this. But Coburn, uh, they're going to rotate a lot of defensive line players in, especially in the interior. If Chris Jones kicks out, um, he's a run stuffer. We didn't see a ton of growth last year from Derek Naughty, and quite frankly, Derek Naughty may have even taken a step back. If Derek Naughty's not your guy, you're probably looking at, at Coburn. He might even be a starter. Uh, that would not shock me one bit. Uh, you know, Turk, Turk Wharton, I think, is obviously in the in the equation as well. But if you see week four, week five, and you didn't see Derek Nottie take a step forward, don't be shocked if you see Keandre Coburn right there inserted in the starting lineup. That's what I'm going with. Mm. Boy, that's a good – I mean, I like it. I like his addition. You know what I don't like? I mean, for all the discussion we're having about, will the Chiefs add a veteran edge rusher? I'm sitting here going – you don't even have to ask if you need one in the middle. Go get one already. Like, I don't care who it is, but we need someone there who's not Danny Shelton or <laughs> he's a human house. Come on. That was pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, you know, last year, last year the Chiefs went out and signed Brandon Williams off the street. Taylor Stallworth. And he immediately got into rotation for a Super Bowl team. Like, I mean, I'm, nothing against Brandon Williams. Clearly, he was known, uh, you know, by the Chiefs D-line coach Joe Cullen from their days at the Ravens. But like, if a guy can kind of come in off the street in Week 16 for a Super Bowl winner and offer you quality run defense reps or or needed ones, then you gotta like address it in a major way this offseason. The Chiefs wanted to trade up in the draft to address this spot in the first round. Right. I mean, if like we've all heard the rumors and no one's really debunked them at all that they were going to go get Mozzie Smith out of Michigan. So, uh, yeah, it, it. I would love to see another addition here. I, I'm with you. I like Coburn um, at the very least. He's he's going to get playing time that a lot of these young guys are going to be hungry for because of the position he plays. I see it, but I'm not as nervous about the interior of the D-line as, as you because one, Chris Jones. So you're really looking for one spot for the majority of the time. And when Chris Jones kicks out, I think you're going to see Charles Aminahu play on the inside. Sure. So I think Mike Dana, we saw him in the NASCAR package play on the inside last year. Yep. I'm not quite as nervous because of how Spagnola runs his defense. It's like why I'm not, I'm not worried that, Actually, the Chiefs linebacking core is pretty darn good. Let's be real now. But they don't run a 4-3. They're, they're, they're almost never in base package, so it doesn't matter, right? To an extent, it doesn't matter about bringing in another veteran. Again, maybe I'm being a little naive here, but I'm cool with, with Derek Nottie. Maybe he bounces back. I'm cool with Turk Warren. He showed a little bit, but he's been, frankly, perpetually injured. Love Chris Jones, and I just like the versatility of the rest of the D-line presents and also the rookie Keandre Coburn. Um, I, I'm pretty thrilled with the depth the Chiefs have right now. 
Well, I'm, I hope you're right. Angry Drunken German says the hate on my guy, Naughty. He had a down year. He'll bounce back. Look, I'll say this, and I'm sure you would agree with me, Sterling. If Derek Naughty has a great year, like I'm, I'm, I'm so glad to stand and applaud. I mean, like no one wants to see anyone have a down year and we'd love for anyone to have a great year, you know? And, and I want, I want Joe Burrow to have a down year. I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. I'll admit it. I want Joe Burrow to have a down year. Wait, Joe, Joe, who? Who's that? Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. And and by the way, Derek Naughty, if we're talking Derek Naughty, stand up dude who does a ton for needy yeah. animals, pet population, just a great, I mean, a great civic guy. Yeah, he's a badass. Uh, he is, man. He is. I, I mean, yeah. So um, anyway, I, we shouldn't have to offer such disclaimers, but uh, we usually, like, these things become simplified down and like, he sucks or he's good. And it's just not true. No. Um, but yeah, seventh round pick. Let's wrap this up. Nick Jones, defensive back, Ball State. Ball State was uh, looking pretty sharp in OTAs. Last year, we saw seventh-round pick cornerback rise up and grab a starting spot. What are you making of Nick Jones in 23? I'm intrigued, man. How is it? How is it it's hard not to be intrigued. How many late-round cornerbacks have made an impact for the Kansas City Chiefs and their defense? It's astronomical. So you have Legereus, you have Trent McDuffie, but I, I don't think Joshua Williams or Jalen Watson is necessarily set in stone. Um, you know, you never know about a sophomore slump, if you will. I think Nick Jones gets some run this year. Yeah. I talk, I talked to um, Jalen Watson at the Marquez Valdez Scantling charity event, right? And I was like, man, you you went from seventh rounder to Super Bowl champion. You you played and made an impact in a Super Bowl as a seventh rounder. What were expectations for for you? You know, going to to OTAs and minicamp and training camp. He goes, to be honest, I was just trying to make the team. I, I, I didn't, you know, a lot of times your players, you know, I want to be the, I, I plan on being an all pro. I plan, you know, they, they try and pump it. He's like, I was a seventh rounder. I, I wanted to make the roster. I wanted to Crazy. make the team. And he made the team. It was, a, I think Nick Jones though, it, it, it's a great story because the chiefs have shown that if you're drafted, doesn't matter where you're drafted. If you can play, yep. you'll get playing time. Rashad Fenton, sixth rounder played in a Super Bowl, right? Jalen Watson, seventh rounder, played in a Super Bowl. Traverius Ward was undrafted. I mean, if there's any team that if you are a secondary piece and you're drafted or you come to Kansas City and you you don't know what you are, they'll find it and turn you into something. That yeah. has to be at least some confidence there. That has to give the player some confidence. And all right, I have a chance. Might not be a great chance, but I have a chance. So yeah. I think Nick Jones has a chance to at least make some impact because you're not a not a ton. But I think he makes the roster. I agree with you on every count there. And I'll just add this. A smart team would put a bookmark over Dave Merritt of the Chiefs, secondary coach for the Chiefs, as a defensive coordinator to interview. Uh, if, if I'm scouting my, you know, if I'm in the front office for a team, uh, I'm making sure that I'm keeping good tabs on him. And I'd rather hire him too early than miss out on him too late. The proof is... The proof is just already in the pudding. There's no, uh, there's no way around the fact that he is an excellent, excellent teacher of the game of football and getting guys to do what they want them to do, like, like, uh, you know, like D'Amico Ryan's kind of guy. You know, they talk so he- highly about his ability to 
hey, the way he teaches the game of football is is why his his players play as well as they do. They know they know what they're doing. Uh, and and Dave Merritt seems to have that same uh, same silsket silsket skill set. Yes, yeah, I, I love that. I love silskets. Dude, you have a nice silsket, by the way. Richard does too. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Tungsten uh, says, "Great show, guys. Good to see you back, Matt. Good luck with the red light, Rona Goose. Bring back the mustache." Wow. I thought I was. I thought I looked good, clean shaven. Take a poll, Richard. Swing on in here. Come on in here, bud. Richard, come on. come on now. Give us the good stuff, Richard. I left all of it in Scandinavia. Is he just not going to come in, or you guys? You guys just asked for a poll. I'm working here. All right. Yeah, I was going right. to ask for the poll now. Now you can understand. Should right. I have a? Was I better with or without the mustache? Like, I don't know how to word this. It's like I I talk for a living or something. I feel should like I or should I not have the stash? Gotcha. Coming right up. All right, everyone's got to vote on this poll, please. It's very important business. What do you call it? Do you say do you mustache or must? Do you must? I must ask you a question. Do we mustache or we must not stash? Maybe that's it. I Dude, know. I love that this show just always goes to shit at the very end. It's incredible. This is this is awful. This is unlistenable. By the way, mustache mustache breaks down into the words must ache. Maybe that's why you get rid of it. You're like, after a while, it must ache, and I got to shave it off. This show was a mistake. That, that's what we're going to go with. Uh, Richard, what is um, – don't be upset. Don't look like – I don't know. You look sad, Matt. I'll let you go first, Connor. Connor, you're back. The must list. It's time. We've missed it without you. What do you have for our must list? Uh, hey, so uh, the must list is our part of every show where we break down, just recommending something we think that all of you should know. I'll just – you know, I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to say this. Denmark. Denmark's on my must list, which seems silly, except, look, I, I never thought of going to Denmark, but I subscribe to this service called Scotch Cheap Flights. You pay like 20 bucks a year and they send you these emails. You tell them like, these are the airports I'm willing to fly out of. And these are the areas of the world I want to go see. And then they send you like mistake fares. So like my whole family, my wife, myself, my son, we all went to like Geneva, Switzerland a couple of years ago for a thousand dollars. It was like 300 bucks per ticket. And then this one. So then for then this one, we got tickets to Copenhagen for like 400 bucks. So it was like, Man, if you can go to Europe as cheap as it is to go to the West Coast, let's do it. So, uh, yeah, we we went. We couldn't believe how beautiful it was. Denmark's pretty sweet, uh, pretty sweet country. By the way, if you get injured there, you get taken care of because it's all like, you know, it's like healthcare is actually. Did you get hurt there or something? No, I'm just saying I could have been. Yeah. And they call it the happiest country on earth. The sun came up at like 3.30 in the morning and then like went down at like 10.30 at night. It was like. It's bananas trying to sleep in that. But you know also, how much golf I could get done in that, dude. Yeah, how many rounds I could get? I'm playing seventy whole, seventy two holes a day, dude. By the way, we went to this Viking ship museum, and it was like, yeah, I've got, I got like hat with like big horns on it, and yeah, I don't know, it's lame. Anyway, I, I think you'd like this story, man. I was on a golf trip at the Ozarks this past weekend, and this might be the most Ozarks thing. I've never had it happen to me. I was checking out of the resort. We were staying after the golf trip. And when I was checking out, they had to take our name because they had to cross us off a list or something. They're like, what's your name? I go, Sterling Holmes. The lady at the front desk is about 50. She started the story off by saying she was out late last night partying with her daughter. So that's always a good start, saying she's hammered because she was out with her daughter last night. <laughs> or she's a little hungover, but it's fine. She was there. Good for her. 
proceeded to say, after I said, my name's Sterling Holmes, I like that name. I said, thanks. She said, it's a rich and sexy name. And I said, thank you. Here's my credit card. I'm check me out, but not check me out that way, please. Don't check me (laughs) out that way. And I'm going to, I'm going to bail, but I was just so caught off guard. What I don't know what I'm supposed to say in that situation. You, you could have went partying with both the mom and the daughter. It sounds like, no, like a family deal. Is that common in the Ozarks? Like a family? I I don't know. I, I, I was out. I, 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 um, Richard says we're all going south. He's this, been is with us. <laughs> this is bad. We're not going south. We're not. This is this is this is a good show. This is a good show. <laughs> but my must last is uh, Seventh Son of a Seventh Son by Iron Maiden. That's my favorite Maiden. Is it really? Love it. Love it. 1988. That's your Seventh Son of the Seventh Son. Seventh Son of the Seventh Son. Can I can I play with madness? The clairvoyance. Can I play with madness. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, it was killer. Love it. You, you liked it better than Power Slave. Uh, was a Power Slave and uh, Peace of Mind. And- Why well, you have to talk down? I'm just backing up. I'm not your talking choice. down. I, I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm backing up your choice, and you're like, wait, you like that album? I'm like, you're the one. No, who's I like it all. all. Maybe I like it all. Seven 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 Iron Maiden, 1988. Listen to it. It's, it's killer. Bruce Dickinson's a badass. Richard, mute this guy. What's going on? You're I've up. been trying, and it just the button just doesn't work. I'm sorry, guys. What's your, what's yours, Richard? All right. Uh, uh, the FCC contacted me recently. They said all of my muscles have been like really heinous, and uh, <laughs> it's, it's not safe for a lot of adults and, and children, obviously. So we're making kind of a an effort to recommend some child-friendly stuff. Uh, I'm going to recommend Paddington 1 and 2. Amazing film. If, if no one's ever thought to watch The British Bear who eats the marmalade sandwich movie. Uh, it's really good. I thought it was going to be like a some dumb CGI Marmaduke thing where like the animal, the CGI animal does silly things and, you know, the actors are just pretending there's someone there and it's it's really stupid. But it's genuinely uh, a heartfelt, funny film starring a CGI bear. So, yeah. One, and the second one's better than the first one. How does that even happen for a movie like this? So, yeah, check out Paddington 1 and 2. Uh, and, and take that FCC. We're going to talk about something really bad next week. <laughs> I love it. I lo- Richard, That I find that endearing. Uh, but I think Sterling finds that just amusing. Well, I assume there was some um, enhancers to make Paddington Bear 1 and 2 uh, very Not at all. Richard. I, I had a marmalade sandwich, and that's that's all I had. <laughs> it was not infused. It did not come with Scandinavian extras. <laughs> You know, red red light district uh, funniness. Uh, no. uh, boys, we're back. In the words good. of Thin Lizzy, the boys are back in town. Matt Connor, it's great to have you back. Richard, we'll get out before the FCC tries to shut us down and YouTube tries to take us off this this platform. But thank you guys so much for, for tuning in, for listening, for hanging out with us. I hope you guys like this show. I hope you guys like the must list, either the Chiefs talk. I hope you guys like Matt Connor being back. I will be doing the Arrowhead Attic podcast tomorrow with Adam Best from 4.30 to 5.30. I will also be filling in for Patrick on the Thursday podcast show with none other than Matt Verderam. 4.30 to 5.30 Thursday. Check it out, everyone. Until next time, we are out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.